You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie, and I'm here with Christy. Hello, Christy. Hello. We were just talking about we're a little tired, aren't we? There's a lot going on in life right now. There is, and the weekends are long and fun and busy, but it's still exhausting. It is is exhausting. Monday, tired. (laughs) We all we all need vacation from our weekends, Mm -hmm. vacation from work, Mm -hmm. vacations from life. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes. What? causes you to be easily upset or troubled Ooh, what causes me while you think of that i'll give you an example of where this came from okay so i was at my daughter's soccer game and i was sitting next to a mom who i like and i said oh my gosh i heard your daughter got a car their parents are divorced and she was like what she had a car and i was like well i mean like uh maybe she didn't get a car uh well my daughter said that she was there and she got a car and the mother's looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I jumped ship so fast on everything I knew. I was like, well, maybe maybe my daughter was lying. I mean, maybe Brinley was just making the whole thing up. I'm so sorry. I'd... Oh, no, no. Well, it, well, and then if you see him, act like you don't know because maybe it's a surprise. <laughs> and so I found myself getting worked up in a tizzy on, oh, my gosh, I just opened my mouth and I wasn't supposed to say anything. And I had to, like, backtrack. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I have no idea. I, she didn't tell me I couldn't tell. Like, I verbally vomited all over her for probably 30 seconds on going, well, maybe it's Brinley because she lied. Or maybe, like, I was throwing my daughter under the bus. I was just making up all kinds of stuff. And then her ex-husband walks up, and I looked at him, and I was like, so I think I ruined, a, like, a surprise. And he goes, no, no, it wasn't a surprise. And I was like, oh, okay. I go, And she goes, well, I wonder why Madison, you know, didn't tell me or whatever. And so they went in that whole conversation, and I was like, oh, my heart rate went up so fast and I thought I felt so bad for that long of like panic and I really don't open my mouth like that um, I don't do that a lot let's say but that's not something you would think would be a secret but now you're sitting there and you're going I really am afraid I cause problems inadvertently in a in a not marriage but in a relationship a parent yes. relationship you're like I'm sure there's other issues because they're divorced mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to contribute to that mm-hmm. I totally get it so did the mom seem mad no she just seemed dumbfounded just like, like what better, and then, now her kid has a yeah. car she didn't even know mm-hmm. her kid had and a car I told Brinley we get in the car and we're driving home and I was like I totally like you know uh messed up the surprise or did something there and she was like I don't think it was a surprise like Madison's dad did it everybody was happy her stepmom was like yay and I go but it's weird that she didn't tell her mom she goes yeah and then Brindley was great she was like yeah I mean it's not it's not a big deal they'll figure it out and I was like oh okay we're just moving on okay great we'll just move on past this like, I still feel so bad but the dad was so nice and gracious and he just said no you don't no 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 it's we didn't we weren't keeping it from you I just had it I just wanted to tell her and that's how you know divorce families work you find out some things and some things you don't anyway so that's that so interesting said, to me. Mm-hmm. What did, what easily upsets you or troubles you? And so from that story, are you asking that question because you got kind of upset in that situation? From something from I heard something. or I saw. And I was like, oh, that's so fun. And then I got so kind of the moment excited for her. Yes. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like seeing the mom's reaction because Brinley saw the dad's reaction because when he gave her the car, he started crying. Aww. He was so excited to give so her Brindley the car. So Brinley was there. Yeah, she was when there. she got the car. And she was like, Mom, Mr. Scott was crying. And, and then we started crying. And he was like, y'all need to leave. Just take the car and go. And so that's what I was wanted to like oh be excited goodness. with Jill over it because I didn't get to see her. Anyway, so it came that from the so idea funny. of, and then we talked about it too on Friday morning Bible study. What easily upsets us or troubles us? When somebody pulls over, okay. pulls in front of your car. Like I sometimes. will tell you, I will tell you something that bothers me in conversations with a lot of people. And I've learned this about myself more in the last few years. Like why, as I'm talking to people, can I feel in certain situations, I can feel myself, hey, this is just a conversation, not a big deal. In other situations, I can feel myself internally mm. being bothered and upset as I go. 
And I've decided it's because um, what bothers me is when we assign motivations to people, like we think oh, we know. Yeah. And I've just decided that really is kind of something that bothers me a lot. That's a pet peeve. You know, this, you know, Joe Jr. did this because he da 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 da. You make these assumptions now you, based on their behavior that the motive was just evil. Mm hmm. Um, or their motive was purely good, even. Mm-hmm. When as parents, we need to maybe inspect that a little bit closer. It looked good to us because it was this behavior, but maybe their motivation, like an apology, an apology might look good, but was their motivation to get in your good graces and get out of something when they really don't mean mm-hmm. the apology? Like, Or I'm assuming the worst of this person in their motives, just because I don't like them or because of my past or whatever so I've decided that's one of my that's one of my bigger that does upset I can feel myself in now I can feel my responses internally now I you wouldn't notice it externally probably for the most part um so you're saying like when you're having a conversation with someone and it's just is it a normal just a b conversation are they looking at you for um, guidance information. If they look at me for guidance, that's almost easier. Cause I can say, Hey, um, just quick little observation, just as I'm listening, it kind of sounds like you're already kind of deciding mm-hmm. what the motive is here. It may be better to back up and just kind of take a few steps back and look at this from this standpoint first mm-hmm. and not just assume we know why somebody did something. Um, that's easier. Actually. I don't, my gander doesn't get up then because then we're there. Your gander. Gander. <laughs> Sorry. My gander. Uh-huh. My gander. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you're like, they're wanting some back and forth and they're open. They're welcoming that. Mm-hmm. I think what bugs me is when people go on a tirade about somebody and you're, or something. And they haven't and given they you have, permission to weigh yeah, in on so it. So now I'm just listening. There. I'm passive. I have no, I, I can't just inter, you know, yeah. interject. So I'm just a passive kind of taker of this. Hmm kind of information flowing outrage or whatever it is they have. And then you're just quite, and I can feel the stress, my stress level just go up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can just feel it. <laughs> so, That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, I asked because we talked about it on Friday and we were talking about in artificial intelligence. Oh and yeah. We were talking AI about uh-huh, AI and all of that and AI on Snapchat right now. Oh, like they have that. I'm sure it's big. Um, chat, chat, GPT. GPT talked about that and I've we've had conversations with my kids about it too on do not engage with this so you know what I just did with chat GBT and I was I um, showed it to my husband so we just got evaluated here at work for those of you who are listening and like we are we do reviews yearly annual reviews and um, we just had got all these questions Mm -hmm. given to us and we had to fill them out so I decided to take some of those about our stuff and I put it in chat GPT mm-hmm. and to see what the answer it gave mm-hmm. me. <laughs> and I read it off to my husband and Jamie's like, Oh, you should use that. <laughs> it's like better, better than yours. <laughs> I was like, I know. Listen, like, look how good like the answers are. Mm. It's crazy wild. Well, somebody said last week too, I was listening to people talk about chat AI and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said, could the antichrist be AI? artificial intelligence like a version of it and so i just threw that out there and we had just talked about um second thessalonians 2 where it talks about man of lawlessness it says now concerning the coming of our lord jesus christ and our being gathered to him we ask you brothers and sisters not to be easily upset or troubled either by prophecy or by message or by letter supposedly from us alleging that the day of the lord has come and so when i threw out that um idea that it could be like hey i just heard this i thought it was super interesting i love that kind of stuff i yeah. find that stuff interesting yeah. they were like what oh my gosh i mean and chatter just took off like yeah. it just what would that mean everybody what would that yeah, look tabled, like? i mean everybody's looking at each other talking and talking and then i said how fast did that allow you to be easily upset or troubled mm. just even like that small bit of information mm. right and we talked about that how it can information that you receive can allow you to be easily troubled or easily upset um, or you can stop it. Like when you walk the idea was when you walk out of Bible study, don't let what was said to you trouble you. Just know God's in control. He's still on the throne. Do you think it's what troubles us is kind of inversely proportional to like the control we have over it? So 
Like I, I think of myself in the conversations I don't have any like influence in or control over. And those mm. are the ones that sometimes if I'm not careful, oh, like, I'm sure. and you think of the conversation with your friends, mm-hmm. you have no control of what's going on with them. And this mm-hmm. was a, something you were interjecting. AI is the same way. Like we think we have control over it, but in our, we really don't in the sense of we don't understand it. Yeah. We don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like it can fly off without us. And I think a lot of times the things that we just can't control or manage on our own, I think upset us more mm-hmm. um, because we we have to give that over to God. We don't mm-hmm. have a choice um, because other, otherwise it's be upset or not. That's our choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I love love the idea, but what the verse says it says don't fall for any for any line like that. Mm. So don't fall for the the rumors or the rumors of things or yeah. the false doctrines. And so it's the idea of going back and staying in God's word and understanding what he has. But what a great reminder to not fall prey to being easily upset or troubled about something. Yeah. Because sometimes that can take your whole day. Like you can have one oh. thing in the morning and your day is shot yeah. and yet you're able to not, you're not able to get back in the race. Like mm-hmm. you're now, you're down and out. You're like, you're on the injured report list and you're not getting back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I thought about that all weekend because I had different situations that came at me that I was like, do not get easily troubled. Do not get upset about I this. Know. Like the girls are not winning the game right now. They're not, we had a tournament this weekend. And I'm like, they're not showing up. They don't want to win like I want to win. So don't get mad at them. <laughs> and I did. That's hard. It was hard, but it became easier. But it was still yeah, hard. Yeah, that's good. Just little things that you can't, like you said, you can't yeah. control. So you're like, okay, no. you don't want it like I do. That's fine. Y'all want to go lay out afterwards. Oh, okay. Then let's just lose this and then y'all go lay out. Because okay. then, because if they win, they have to keep going. Keep going. And you could see like, okay. So I legit stopped talking like the last part of the second game. And I was like, not going to listen to me. I'll just sit here. And y'all wanna... and they came back. Like they got so close. They were one point away. And I was like, oh, I guarantee you, they probably looked at the score and went, Oh, no, we don't want to win, y'all. We, we need to go lay out. The UV rays are like at nine Good. right now. <laughs> Speaking of kind of stuff that bothers me, one thing that bothers me is, and we've talked about this before, is parents' responses in games, right? When they're watching their kids. Mm. And just how to, that whole like environment, how out of control that feels mm. almost when a parent is just railing at a ref, especially a young or at a coach. kid or at a coach. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're on the coaching end of that it bothers me. It irks me. Mm. And I have to sit on my hands and be quiet myself, not to try to enter in the fray and go sit down and shut Mm. your mouth and let your kid play Mm. and just leave the coach and the refs alone. But sometimes it's okay to interject. Gentry played on a basketball team one summer. This was last summer. And the coach was a great human and he had an assistant coach with him. Um, and he got on the court, court and started yelling at the referee. Oh. Got on the court. And I felt rage. Like, these girls yeah. are eight years and old. And this is the impression you're giving them. Uh-huh. And you could see all the girls' faces. Yeah. I mean, I walked out on that court and oh, I said, Coach, you. you go sit down right now. Go sit down and let the girls play. You are showing your backside. Sit down. Good for and you. And he looked That's at me awesome. like, how dare you? And I was like... I'm, I can stare you down, son. Right. I can stare you down. <laughs> That's awesome. So I need you to back up and go sit down and go because you're acting like a moron. Because one of these kids, I'm the parent of yes. one of these of one of these kids that you are yes. demonstrating, modeling this behavior for. Yes, sit it down. was so out of control, yeah. and I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing this. We're not doing this today. Yeah. And the girls just, but even the girls' faces look like. Yes. I wish coaches, when they're screaming and yelling at anybody, would go, look at your kids that you're supposed to be mentoring and showing. Look at what they're doing. Look at their faces because it's oh, not working point. out right now. Like you're scared. Like it scared the girls more, which is what triggered me. I know yeah. that's a triggering word, but triggering yeah. to get up and be like, uh-uh, go sit down. Stop it. And then yeah. I stopped. He sat down and he kind of looked at me across the court and shook his head. Like, I can't believe that happened. And afterwards I said, hey, I had to do that. I'm sorry. It was aggressive. I apologized because it was aggressive. Me just go- like going out on the court, yeah. but I would still do it again. Because that was ridiculous, his actions. Mm. Did you play on the same team the next time? No, because I don't want my daughter being coached by that chaos. Yeah. So, and we're never afraid about our kids missing out on opportunities on teams because there's so many thousands of teams. Mm -hmm. So we've never done the whole, well, she won't have a spot here or she may never play again. Do you know where you live? Right. (laughs) Exactly. So many opportunities. And so I was like, no. And is it even worth it even if she doesn't play on like for a while or whatever yeah. um I was watch I was with somebody a friend and 
they had some volleyball turn they had a volleyball tournament too and this is just a few months ago um and the stuff that they went through with the other kids on the team other parents so dramatic all that kind of stuff and these girls are Mm -hmm. young they're like 12 and I don't know. I just, I looked at that and I watched it. And then she, we talked later. It's too much. She's like, I don't know what to do. And I just, I don't understand why it's worth it to me. It just, I don't know. Well, I guess some people think it. it, then I'm like, like you That's though, I'm why. going pick a different team. Like yeah. they can love it on another team. You can, right? you can always find another team. I mean, you have to finish the sen- the season. You don't ever right. quit. Sure. You finish the season. Sure. But a parent asked me yesterday, she goes, hey, will you coach our 12-year-old team? And I went, yeah. no, 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 no. I have my team. I've been coaching them for five years. That's why my eyes were puffy this morning. We cried. I cried so much yesterday. Because oh. it was like a season was over. Like these girls, I love and adore them. And they're right, And precious. you're done with And I'm done because they're going to be a junior oh. this year. And most of them don't play high school ball. A couple yeah. do. But um, I was like, no, these are my people. Like these people are kind. This group of girls are kind. Like I'm not doing this again because you people are crazy and mean. <laughs> They are oh, I'm mean. not doing it. Which is why when we go to any of our kids' games, like, I don't sit with the parents. I don't want to get sucked into that. I don't want, and I, because I sometimes will have a tendency to. So every team, it'll be, we're on the end. If you want to come sit by us, you can, but we're going to be on the end. Well, and it's embarrassing as a parent to have a coach like that or to be with parents who are like that, I feel like. Because, like, we had one of Joel's basketball coach got thrown out of a game. Yeah. We, because yeah. he went out and threw a punch at one of the pylons, like, or whatever. And then another time, and he had already gotten in trouble for yelling at a ref. Yeah. And so that was it. He was out. They came. Security had to come get him. They yeah. took him out. And then one of our dads had to get up and fill in. Yeah. And I'm going, I just, it was embarrassing. I wanted to crawl it's into a hole. But I'm it's like, embarrassing this is for our you. coach. <laughs> yes. But then there's some people going, well, he deserved it. Or the, the whatever, if he did it to the, did you say he did it to the ref? He did it to the ref first. Yeah. Yelling at the refs because they weren't making yeah. call. And then this time he yelled at him again, but yeah. then he went to punch up. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. There's not a thing you can tell me. Yeah. Not one single thing. I don't care if it was a wrong call. I don't yeah. care if it was a stupid call. Yep. There's not one single thing you can tell me that would make me believe the ref deserves that treatment. Not one. No. Well, and that's why people don't so, have refs. That's why people don't want to ref anymore. Well, yeah, you can't find them. You can't yeah. pay them enough money. No. And it's one game. Like I used yeah. to, when Whitaker was little, yeah, we were crazy. But I have learned, and we have, as you get older, you mellow out, I guess, a bit. And you yeah. have a bigger picture. But when it's your firstborn, and I will jokingly say sometimes, like, you see the young people, and you'll be like, oh, that's their firstborn. Because you're like, that was me. Like, we were loud. We were obnoxious with Whitaker and Brinley, both with refs and all that. But you do, you have a tendency to kind of mellow yeah. out, understand, because life Go, or this whatever. this is not the Olympics. Yes, especially when they get older, because you think when they're six that they're going to be the next Messi or they're going to be Christian Ronaldo if you're doing soccer, whatever it is, basketball. And then you kind of go, oh, yeah. He actually doesn't like it as much as he did when he was six, as he's 12 now or whatever. Well, we have, um, I'm going to plug a book then before we go on to our interview with our guest i'm gonna plug and i was talking to christy about a minute ago but a gentle answer by scott sauls um it talks about how i'm gonna give it to you tomorrow (laughs) well this is we're recording on monday for wednesday so by the time you hear this she would have had it and you're gonna read it like super fast fast. i'm sure Uh (laughs) but it just he's talking about how like as believers we are the ones called to have a gentle answer to turn away wrath Mm -hmm. we are not the ones to called to be the wrath Mm mm-hmm and how having a life of Jesus and what that looks like as his disciples means we're supposed to look at them and say, forgive them, Lord, they don't know what they're doing. And that's after they've tortured you mm-hmm. and nailed you to a cross or something, you know, in mm-hmm. Peter's case, upside down. Um, and so it just talks about all the passages, so many different passages in the Bible that talk about what it means to have a gentle answer and to guard our tongues mm-hmm. and to guard what we say and our behavior and our hearts and from our hearts just flow mm-hmm. what we believe. So there's something about ourselves we believe mm-hmm. if we think it's okay to treat people that way. Or um, allow your emotions to get... And allow your emotions to get to that point where you're okay treating people that way. <laughs> well, and it reminds me, I, my favorite is when, I mean, rec coaches, competitive coaches, it doesn't matter, right? But then yeah. you can see them and you do. And so I'm on this side now and I love what you said when you go... Oh Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that's how 
Like I wish I I'm sure people walked by us and said that to them said that to us. Like right. maybe they walked by our stands and prayed over us as they said that and that's why the Lord is now. Maybe they did a the circle prayer. seven times. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's true, you do look at parent when you've been there and done that and you look mm. like a fool, which we have. Yeah. Over and over again. And then you're able to mellow out, but you look at other ones and you don't judge them. You don't sit there and be like, Oh, y'all are idiots. You just go, Oh Lord, they do forgive them. They do not mm-hmm. know what they're doing. And it just is what it is. And so just continue to to pray over those people to mellow out. Well, and we are called to be more than just common grace. We're called to show supernatural grace. Mm-hmm. Common grace is involved in anybody who's got the human heart beating right. inside their body because mm-hmm. we are, we're all image bearers. But there's something to be said for the fact that there are people who are non-Christians that behave better and respond better than people who are Christians. Absolutely. And we as Christians are the ones that supposedly have access to supernatural type of grace that looks totally different. We need to use that. We need to start using that better. And we need to be conscious of it because I think we are in an age of outrage, for lack of a better word, where everybody is upset about stuff and Mm. thinks they should be able to yell about it and get their way. (laughs) And it just, Mm. life doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And God knew it. And so he said, this is the way you deal with it. I'm sent my son. This is how this is supposed to go down. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I just... That was an interesting question, though. That was a good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Easily, what fun. caused you to be easily troubled? Um, I'm learning is how sin has changed our loves, right? So the things that trouble us, we can often label those and see what we love. And you said sin has changed, changed our and morphed love. our loves into something they weren't supposed to be. So oh. in other words, you can tell by the things we're outraged at, the things we love and worship. And so, because those are the things we highly value. And so, like our kids' you, success over yes. our ability to just sit and cheer them on. Mm-hmm. We and value success, or we value being right. We value respect, or we value, you know, fill in the blank. Mm. And if that's what your emotional response um, gets high over, then that points you in the direction of something maybe you love more than you love your desire um, to be like Jesus. Nothing will strip you faster of ha- having a desire or thinking that you're right than a 16-year-old daughter on her period. <laughs> you speak truth. I mean, or multiple girls on their period oh, in the house gosh. at the same time. We're probably gone by the time Gentry, thank you, Lord. But I even think yeah. there's times that even my boys have their monthly. because oh, they do. Uh-huh, yeah. Where you're like, yeah. fine, I'm going to just stand here. I'm going to be wrong. Yeah. And then you're going to be sad because at the end of the day. Or maybe the end of your life. I don't know when, but hopefully you're able to look back and be like, mom was kind of right. But yeah, that's when you kind of go, oh yeah, it's okay to not be right. Well, we have our next guest knows all about family, knows all about um, being there for his family, the people in it. We are going to talk to and introduce Mark Hampton, our guest for today. So here's the interview. All right, so Christy, you want to introduce our guest? I'm so excited to introduce him. He's it's not a, excited. We're he just is gonna not put that out there. Oh, We're he's gonna so throw not. It I, even on the text today, I'll see you at see you where? I said I'll see you at 12:30, Debbie's off. See you where? What? And I was like, I'm not doing that. So this is what's so great about this human is that everybody has experienced the greatness of him. Because if you've come to any worship service, if you've come to any Sunday morning, anything that takes place in the worship center. You have been touched by his ability to make everything sound good, look good. Um, A great way to acknowledge who is this person is that he is the one that when Pastor Chuck is about to start talking, he brings the table in from stage right or stage left. I'm the guy with the headset walking around. Mm -hmm. You're the guy with the headset walking around, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mark Hampton, and we are very happy he is here. We are. We should applaud. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This was a hard get to a hard ask. and. Um, he calls he himself says, an introvert, which and he so, is. Um, he uses that though. What we said, what do we say? You can't use it as a shield because we've got arrows. That that's fly right. right. We are, you it. can't use your introvert as a shield. We just beat you down long enough. He was like, fine, I'll do it. So we are th- so thankful we're here. Beat yes. him down long enough. <laughs> that's, that's, I will own that. I did. I beat you down. Well, I also too, we talked about this earlier, like certain demographics don't mind a podcast, find it interesting. And some don't like it in personalities and so we are thankful you're here mark hampton oh and mark always has for humoring us that's right he drinks coffee all day long and um tell everybody if you see a bucky's cup 
Yeah, Just you got a around. white one? I didn't know you had a white one. Well, the white one replaced the red one. Because the um, red one went missing, and I found it in the conference room well, that last was, week. That, that was correct. That is um, for the week of Good Friday. I lost my red Bucky's cup. I lost my backup cup. I lost oh, my other you're a cup. Mess. That whole week, it was I was just running all over campus, and I lost all my coffee cups. So well, and I even slowly s- have come back. Well, I saw you, and I was like, <laughs> he had like a plas- he had like a weird cup in his hand. I was like, where's your Bucky's cup? He was like, I don't know, it's missing. And I found it, and I put it on his desk, and he was like, yay! It's so. my only bad habit. I drink coffee all the all the time. That's How do you sleep? Habit. Do you sleep? I, I used to program in the middle of the night up until 2 o'clock in the morning drinking coffee in my office the whole time. And I just go right to sleep. It doesn't bother me. Crazy. So it's like water. It's like water to me. I used to go to Starbucks on the way uh, to work and get a 10-shot latte. 10? Ten? 10-shot Ten latte. Wow. I was That's always ridiculous. afraid they were going to make me sign a waiver or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like they, for your they heart. They would always ask me twice, when you order it, are you sure? And then when they actually make it, are you sure? That's fine. So do you have a, per, per, a preference for coffee? Like, do you like Folgers, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, Seven yeah, Eleven? I, like, I like bold. Um, so what, whatever it has the most flavor. Um, Starbucks to me is is, is okay, um, mm-hmm. but it tastes a little bit burnt to me. So it is. They do. It's yeah. like they do it on purpose. I'm not a fan yeah. of their burnt because it's like bitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you do? You make coffee at home? I make coffee at home. In a true coffee pot, not a Keurig. In a true coffee pot. And what kind of coffee is it? It's community. Oh, community. community yeah. Coffee. Community yeah. roast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then dark do you roast s- community. Oh, dark roast. And then do you stop on the way in or the way home? No, I usually, well, this is a 32 ounce cup. Usually I'll get one of these when I first get up and then I'll drink it and have to fill it up again before I head to work. And then sometime here, uh, I've got a Keurig in my um, mm. in the production room behind mm. the stage. So we're talking. So. You drink about a hundred ounces of coffee. This a is day. so fun for Debbie because this is like she had to give up coffee too. Not fun for you. This uh, that's a right, bad word, but Debbie had to give up coffee, so she's mourning that mm-hmm. and processing. Mm. It's true. almost jealous, maybe a little. I, jealous? A little jealous. I'm actually jealous that he can drink that much and sleep because that was always <laughs> an issue true. for many, me anyway. I had to like do my three cups like before like twelve two in the afternoon, mm-hmm. but. Now I can't drink it at all. It's all about the tea, but um, but I'm just I'm still fascinated that you it's, it blows my mind that you can drink that much and still get a good night's sleep at night. Because <laughs> even as I get older, I struggle mm-hmm. with my sleep anyway. Yeah. I have issues with insomnia, and now like you're that caffeine. I wonder if your brain just goes, I have to shut down. <laughs> I cannot probably move any more. Ten shots. Of espresso from and Starbucks. Does that make a vent? Is that the t- biggest one you can well, get? That's a grande. I do a grande. A grande. But he puts so 10 shots ten. like this in here. Like, that is Does your like wife say stop? Adrenaline like, in your No. No. And you can even think. And like, she likes I would the smell shaking. of coffee, but this is never like the taste of it. But So she doesn't even drink the coffee. Mm. Well, thank you for sitting down with us. In the long run, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We know that it's not your favorite thing to do. We know you prefer to be behind... I prefer Over to be here, on the other side on of the, the microphone. And Mark is the one that he's always giving me little lessons on our soundboard because I will have these things that I just mentioned in the conversations and then he'll stop by and go, okay, COC, if you do this, if you mm-hmm. do this, so gradually, um, if you notice that our podcasts are sounding a little better, it's because of Mark. Yeah, absolutely. So, he has helped. He's great. And he helps in all aspects mm-hmm. all over. And I do think one of the things, it's kind of like Emily. We interviewed Emily Hawkins mm-hmm. too and dropped hers. You guys who are support staff are in a very unique position in churches, and I think don't get enough recognition a lot I of times. Think the title support staff sounds so demeaning, and it's not. You do? Why? I, I think it's awesome. I don't, I don't know. I think it's. What like, do you think is a better title? The, support staff to me is you support everybody. So yeah, to me, that's a big oh, deal, but oh, you're saying. Because he no, does support it, but it sounds everybody. so like you're supporting when really you're leading the way to make all the rest of us. So Sound there's a good better or, name for that. Yes, because we you couldn't hear from stage no. or do anything. If we it could wasn't not for do him. our jobs. No, without what Mark. they do, right? Without or Mark Emily. or Emily or anything. We couldn't be successful. We might be able to do our job, and you could speak only to the front row or the second row if you're Chuck or somebody that's speaking. So we need to come up with another name so I don't say things that Christy goes. That's demeaning. <laughs> no, I just think of it's not because it's so much more than supporting. You're really doing. You're making everything making it happen. Prettier. You're the happen. making it's it happen. People. Function. It's yeah. a service function. We, we but love even to that, serve. I don't think gives it the right. justice it deserves. I'm I'm hearing from Christie's. Yes, voice. I think they so. do a lot more than we give them credit for. Well, for I would agree with that for so. sure. 
Like, absolutely true. We'll think um, of that one. But they Sorry. all have their own stories, which right. has been fun. Mm-hmm. We're like, they, we can't exist here without all of our people that help um, ministers do their job, serve, um, and open doors and everything else. And so we want to hear from all of you, too. Just like we heard mm-hmm. from all of our pastors. We mm-hmm. want to hear from everybody else making the world go round here at Frisco First. So tell us, um, where do you want to tell us when you were born or just where? <laughs> I am old. <laughs> so we'll just start with that. Let's just do that. I am old. Um, I was born in San Antonio, Texas. Um, Me too. Many, many, many years ago. Um, my father, uh, moved, he worked for a company called Camel Taggart. They were, um, back in the day, they were called Manor or Rainbow or Colonial Bread. Now it's Earth Grains. Um, oh, so he the ended bread. Up, yeah. So he ended up moving around a lot. So I went from San Antonio to Cedar Rapids to Kansas City to just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, actually ended up in Kansas City when I was nine years old, uh, actually on my ninth birthday, and we stayed there for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, went to school there. I actually met my wife um, is in junior high. So That's we cool. have been dating for 44 years. Um, we started dating when we were 15 years old, and we've been married for, I don't know, 30, 38 years, I believe. So that's cool. What a sweet story. Okay. So you blew through a lot there. So we're like, okay. So did you care about moving around a lot when you were little? Did that bother you all the moves? It did because, you know, I ended up, and maybe that's why I'm an introvert, uh, ended up not making friends or when you did, you left. Um, Mm. The roughest part was different areas teach different things at different times. So as you go from school to school to school, uh, you miss out on some things. Um, so you found you had some <clears> gaps <throat> that were hard to make oh, yeah. up, maybe. Right. Um, I remember uh, Mrs. Langston was my fifth grade teacher, and she noticed that um, you know I wasn't catching up on math. I didn't know how to do long division in, in um, fifth grade and et cetera. So she said, okay, if you, if you stay after uh, for 30 minutes every day, and I only live two blocks away from the school, so stay after every day. Uh, for 30 minutes, we'll get you caught up. So she did that, and by the time I was in the seventh grade, um, I was in trigonometry and then just moved on from there. So What a blessing Aww. those great teachers are. Yeah. What great a great teachers, teacher. Yeah. I moved around a lot, and my story is similar. I had gaps, but mine was yes. math. Yeah. Was, it was Gail King, your math teacher? Yes. Oh, that's right. She was so Gail algebra. King goes to church here, yeah. mm. who was her math teacher when she were DeSoto, right? Junior, when I moved, and she knew me when yeah. I first moved. Yeah, and she said you were a mess. I was. She was like, was she a was a mess. She was, was a mess. She was totally a mess. I was. And what's interesting is those two years, my junior and senior year, probably the hardest years because I moved from England here. It was the cultural thing. Mm. Like, so even moving states, there's different cultures, right? You're having it. Right. So you had a teacher that helped you get up to speed. Mm-hmm. And then did you move right after that? No, we actually stayed in um, Kansas for quite some time. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, the rest of the time, I ended up marrying my wife in Kansas. Um, what's your wife's name? Carolyn. Carolyn. And she, so you met in junior, and you met in junior high, you said? Mm-hmm. And so you were friends, mm-hmm. and then you started dating at 15. Mm-hmm. How'd, How'd you, you ask her, her out? <laughs> <laughs> We've yes. been doing this a long time. So great. <laughs> well, we kind of hung out together, and we were really good friends for um, quite some time. So then, you know, all of a sudden, I just asked her if she'd be my girlfriend. But, oh, so yeah, you didn't, we like, were... ask her on one date? You're like, mm. can you go? Will you go with no. me? Will you didn't you ask her to girlfriend? check the box. Do you like me? No, we didn't do anything You just like went that. straight to the make it Well, it wasn't the straight, deal. too. I mean, we, we knew each yeah. other for quite some time. We were in many um, many of the same classes, so we were in choir together. And, okay. And oh, you cetera, can sing. So. I didn't say that. She can sing. I um, bet you can, too. You just don't want to commit He's it. being shy. Mm-hmm, he is. So then where did you go to college? Uh, both of us went to Kansas University. Oh, look at you, KU. Mm-hmm. Did both of you stay there and graduate? No, she stayed there, and I ended up, um, I had some family issues. My mother uh, ended up with cancer, mm. so ended up um, working and working with her and et cetera. So I, I never did graduate. Um, she didn't graduate from Kansas University, but um, we got married um, toward her senior year, and then she ended up going to, we moved to Omaha, Nebraska at one point or another, mm. and uh, she finished out there. But oh, she nice. still says she's from KU. Good for her. Good anyway, for her. So you did not end up getting a degree, no. an undergrad degree? No. So tell us it's what amazing. you did. I know. I mean, look that at is, how. That it, is so good but for these mamas that are freaking out that their kids don't go to school. or what. I love stories like that. Like you love hearing 
you are thriving. You've been able to support a family. You're doing great. You're there are sick. many different ways to do life. I know. Many you got to get ways. outside and look outside, people. Okay, sorry. There you go. <laughs> well, and most of it is just, you know, I've always had uh, a knack for technology. Mm. Um, so I've always wanted to work with um, computers, you know, even even when they were the large-scale mainframes and et cetera. And that actually was one of my first jobs is um, while I was going to Kansas University, they had a computer. It was called a Honeywell. And it just so happened my dad worked for the, that same company, and they had the same kind of computer. So I started taking class on how to program it and then got a summer job with Camel Taggart oh. um, programming their payroll system. Um, and from there, I, I learned more and more about computers. Now, these are the large-scale mainframes that, you know, take up entire mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah. Um, and air conditioner systems just dedicated to them. I've aged myself there. Um, <laughs> but, no, this is a good point, though, because we are watching The Help recently. Oh, yeah. And they have that big computer in one big room. And I remember somebody was like, that's a computer? And, like, my laptop sitting to the corner. I'm like, that equals that my, back in the day. My watch mm-hmm. equals that. Yes, exactly. So, How far we've come. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's come a long way. It's ways. crazy. Mm-hmm. But I ended up learning more and more about computers and, and um, got close to the people that could teach me about mm-hmm. computers. Um, so within a period of time, I actually ventured out on my own and started consulting with companies that had Handingwell computers to do all their upgrades and do some programming and stuff like that. So... I was a consultant for many, many years. As a matter of fact, I was a consultant uh, when we got married, when mm. Caroline and I got married. Uh, from there, you know, just other jobs um, and went to, um, you know, continue in the technology. At one point or another, uh, prior to um, for Frisco First, I had a job as the enterprise architect for this small company called PepsiCo. Oh, small company. So I was um, in charge of their end-user devices. Mm-hmm. Um, so managed, you know, I, I, enterprise architect. Basically, I d- um, decided what computers we'd use, what we put on them, how we manage them, and et cetera, for hundreds of thousands of devices around the world. Mm, that's cool. Um, they actually decided to take that functionality and move it to India, and I didn't go. So it's <laughs> a good way to put it. <laughs> Thank you. I'll stay here. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay like here. my house. Okay. And then um, had, you know, a severance package along yeah. with that. So I just stayed home and, and did a bunch of honeydews, caught up on all mm-hmm. those, um, and then some. Um, and then one day, a friend of mine called up and said, hey, you know that job that you were doing with, um, there was another church that I went to called LifePoint um, in Plano, and did this exact same thing as a volunteer. So the exact same thing I'm doing now, I did as a volunteer for 17 years. So the person that I worked with there said, hey, there was this job opening at Frisco first. You should apply. Mm. So I applied, and I think it was two hours later, Mike Gould um, mm-hmm. called me up and said, hey, would you be interested? And I think the next day I met with Chuck. Would you be interested? And I think a couple of days later, um, they hired me. Mm-hmm. So They're smart on a good hire right there. They're quick. Oh, Mark's a great hire. Yeah. So, like, what's your favorite part about working with technology, and how have you become so efficient at what you do? It, it's really just, you know, getting it done, um, trying to figure out a way to make, you know, I, I always say that I am I can program the operating systems. That was another one of my jobs. I can, you know, program a computer, whistle Dixie when it boots, um, and, you know, I just <laughs> enjoy it. You know, yeah. I, I enjoy all the technology. Um, this um, Frisco First has given me a few challenges here and there. Oh, and I that's enjoy, fun. I enjoy trying to figure it out. What have been some of those challenges, you have to say? Well, uh, the first challenge was they introduced brand new hardware. Um, we actually went like live on the oh, brand new COVID soundboard, uh, brand new soundboard, brand new cameras, brand new uh, back end production room. Everything was brand new on my fourth day here. We went live. So I started on July 4th, I'm sorry, July 5th, um, and we went live with all the new equipment in, in the worship center on July 9th. Did you know when you were taking the job that's what you were getting into? Actually, when they were interviewing me, I told them, can I at least volunteer so I can get a head start on <laughs> understanding what is going in there? Um, what a good so if human it's, you it's, are. If it's going like, to take no. a while, if it's going to take a while to actually get through, you know, the background checks and all that, can I at least start volunteering here? Because I need to understand what what I'm going live with um, on July 9th. 
So. Wow. Wow. And so did you? I don't remember. No. Nope. Did you? I no? started on you July started, 5th. That was it. <laughs> and then just started cracking open manuals and and learning all this stuff. That's really not true. The um, company that actually did all the installs, they had um, Bob was um, the builder. Bob the computer. The, builder. the computer builder. Um, Bob was the smart guy that you know I just latched onto and said, "How does this work? How does this work? How does this work?" So I, I learned all that stuff that week, um, and then we've been using it ever since. Now since then. Um, this is all professional grade stuff and we run with volunteers. So I spent several months after that, just trying to figure out how to automate it. Um, so everything is coordinated. Um, before, you know, I came here, even with the old system, whenever you would go to a video, somebody would have to push a button to go to video. The switch person would have to push a button to, um, switch to the video. And then the light person would have to push a button in order to turn the lights down so you could see the video. Mm-hmm. And now it's just one button and everything happens automatically. So I'm going to ask you a question. About he he answered center. your question yeah, really well, by the he way. He did. Yeah. Just good example <laughs> and everything. Yeah. I kind of zoned out on the technical part, but I got you at the end. It was good. It was good. So, um, if you haven't been in, if you're listening, you have not been in our worship center and you've only watched online, for example, I have to tell you, the room looks a lot different than what mm-hmm. it would appear from somewhere else. Our worship center is very odd and it's a little strange because it's this very wide rectangle and then you mm-hmm. like parts of it, you can't even, and it's thin, it's narrow, but it's a wide rectangle parts of the room. It's hard to even see on the stage. So, um, how like do you get complaints about that kind of stuff like line of sight and where oh and i will tell you he will now because they know who he is they've always gone to mike or chuck or david so now the cameras in the middle of the worship center right there smack in the middle the bane of our existence right um how was it like maneuvering all that because you're dealing with personalities you're dealing with an awkward looking worship center you're you have to handle all of us all of that together like, how's that been? Well, and a lot of that stuff was decided before I even got there. Um, so we have the side screen. So you're right. The, the, the worship center is wider than it is deep. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that creates problems. Um, the other problem that it creates is the audio. The person that's running audio is off to one side. Yep. So he can only hear part of the audio. Um, and it's the furthest side from the drums. Um, so he has to be careful mm-hmm. how much drums he puts in and et cetera. And that's probably one of the... Um, biggest complaints that we've had or the most often complaints is the drums are too loud well if you sit on that side of the room the drums are probably loud we we've almost got them muted every place else um, we can't totally mute them because we need them for broadcast um, but they're almost muted in in the house but we and that's have, the kind of stuff people don't yeah. know so you're they saying if you complain know. about the drums move to the left side of the that's stage right. away from the drums move and it'll be fine the drums, see right. this is good we're offering good, good advice <laughs> okay Good job. <laughs> Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it introduces some issues. And, you know, we, we put screens up at an angle. So on the sides, you can actually see stuff. Um, and then the cameras. Yeah, the cameras are interesting. Um, but if you talk to any production person, um, professional production companies that, that work with news organizations and, and on film and stuff like that, they say you'll always have two cameras in the front, one for tight shots, one for long shots, so you can switch back and forth, mm-hmm. and that's the way you do it. So, so we're just following, we yeah, that's we're following their direction. I don't necessarily believe it, but that's the way we do it. For right um, now. For right now. Okay. Um, we would love to move those toward the back. As a matter of fact, we've got three cameras, um, the two in the front, and then there's one off uh, what we call stage right, so mm-hmm. house left. Mm-hmm. There's one off to the left, and I'm really wanting to replace that with a – um, pan tilt zoom automated camera hanging from the ceiling so oh, it's not in so the much better Do oh it. please i'm begging Do you it. please hey, that would be fabulous we could say it provides more seats so that's how we should pitch it well, you it should provides pitch it. three three seats Shh, just more Mark, just more <laughs> just we don't need time by more how many but it means they don't have to tear it down every time we have something else in there that we need it gone for yes okay um, wait real fast you yeah. do have children talk about your children how many kids do you have i have three Okay. Three kids. Um, they are 33, 32, and 26. And you just. So they're old. They are. They're not old. Because well, we're older they're than adult. them. They're adult. Yeah, they're adult. a young adult. They're, they're a young adult. adult. <laughs> so tell us more about them. Are they local? Are they here? So Eric um, is in St. Louis. Um, he was actually in the Air Force for a number of years. And mm-hmm. his first um, place that he was stationed was Japan. 
which became interesting because we had a few trips to Japan, uh, racked up the mileage. Um, and that's an interesting place to go visit if you ever have an opportunity to do, opportunity to do so. He moved from there to Tucson, Arizona, um, and then he um, exited the Air Force because you can't have a family. He had a wife, and you, you can't support mm. um, people on what they make there. So he actually moved in with us um, in Denton, and um, he went back to school. So two days after he graduated, he got a job with Boeing, and he is in St. Louis now working with Boeing. Him and his wife, and they have kids? Mm-hmm. No, no kids. Okay. I have no grandkids at this point. I was going to say, do you have a grandpa name? Mm-hmm. Okay, that'll be the next uh, podcast with you. What's your grandpa name? <laughs> and then Ryan um, lived in Detroit uh, for many, many years, and um, he he and his wife separated, and he came back um, mm-hmm. during COVID to live with us um, mm-hmm. because – why not go live with mom and dad well exactly um well he actually wanted to go back to school as well so he's going back to school and getting his master's in psychology that's cool um so yeah he's living at home right now um when eric was there we actually finished off our upper level as a second master bedroom Mm -hmm. so the kids just cycle cycle through through. yeah that's awesome but that was one of the things when I used to live in Plano, and one of the issues is all the houses are just so close together. I, I didn't like telling, you know, asking my neighbor to pass the salt, um, right. and, and et cetera. So moved out to Denton, and we got some land mm-hmm. between us. So somebody had asked me, now that all the kids are out of the house, are you going to downsize? And I said, no, they always come back, and That's they bring more saying. with them. <laughs> bring, they bring other people with them. I keep telling Jamie the same thing. I'm like, no, no, no they, they bring they us. So back. we got, we got, they house um mm-hmm. that's number house. two right yeah so number two is living with us okay. he's getting his degree and then number three is um, living in san marcus oh okay finishing up school nice I love what's that. he going to school for um microbiology so he was the one that actually took up the technology stuff so he went to the cincinnati conservatory of music and fine arts or something like that um, this is one of these um, schools that you have to apply to get into and et cetera. So he went there one year, and I think I paid as much as what you would normally pay to graduate um, in Texas. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then he decided that was enough, and I'm going right. to change my major. major. Right. Did he come back home and live at home? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> for, for a year, yes, mm-hmm. and went to a community college. and then. So are your kids getting a late start at co- in college? Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, Ryan did not get a late start. Uh, middle son did not get a late start. He just went back. Oh, he just went back. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I love that. People going So back. tell us about um, your walk with the Lord. Tell us when you became a believer. How that worked. Were you, did you grow up in a Christian home? I did not necessarily grow up in a Christian home. Um, my parents, um, we did not go to church often. Um, and actually I lived in Aurora, Illinois. Um, I believe it was Aurora, Illinois, and it was actually one of our neighbors um, that said, hey, you know, we go to church every single week. Would you would you mind if we take your kids? So he actually picked us up, or us kids up, uh, the four of us. I have uh, three brothers, uh, picked us kids up and took us to church, and that's how I started to learn. Um, um, as life went on and et cetera, it, you know, again, my parents separated, um, were not really that religious although um you know they knew the right from wrong um mm-hmm. and you know i kind of grew up the same way um i ended up going, starting to go to a church a methodist church in kansas city and gosh i was 15 years old i think um because i was going through confirmation mm-hmm. so we did the confirmation thing and that um minister actually had preacher um he actually the the confirmation process was let's go and talk to all these different churches the leaders of these different kind of churches and understand you know what what it's like to be baptist what it's like to be methodist what it's like to be um all these other things and you actually have conversations with them and find out that it is the same god you know (laughs) um, people just believe in different things um so that's when i really started to research you know i'm a researcher that's that's how i learn all this stuff that's when i really started to research and get involved um went off to college Mm -hmm. and my roommate was a devout christian and we actually started talking and et cetera and that's when i you know really became christian um i i wasn't going to a church at that point 
Um, but I, I would sit down and pray um, at night, and, and that got me closer and closer. I actually went back to that Methodist church afterwards and found out that, that uh, the Methodist um, bishops decided to remove him and put somebody else in, and that church went from you know, 600 on a weekend to about six, um, oh, six wow. or 12. Yeah. So that kind of discouraged me, but at some point or another, um, and it was actually when I was visiting dad, um, he started going to a Baptist church and that's when I decided that, you know, this is for me and, and went and got baptized. And how old were you when that happened? Uh, I was probably 19 at that point, 19, 20. Okay. So right, you've wow. talked about being kind of a thinker and you want to <clears> understand <throat> it and you like the conversations. Have you ever struggled with your faith and believing it's real and it's, um, I think thinkers struggle more than feelers do, if I can say that a little bit, but did you ever struggle with your faith? Yes. Um, in what way and can you share? There was a period of time where, um, I ended up to, so I ended up with my own company again at mm -hmm. some point or another. So I had my own company. We actually grew that company from, nothing to about 52 employees and then we sold it mm. um and then uh as part of that i ended up taking a job with pepsico at that actually mm -hmm. it was pepsi americas was a subsidiary that they pepsico ended up purchasing later but anyway i took a job so we were going to uproot the family and et cetera, and move to chicago and my wife carolyn basically said no we're not um ryan is going to be a senior in high school um, and we're just not going to do this right now. Um, so she ended up staying in um, Plano, and I ended up going to Chicago, mm -hmm. um, and you know started that career and et cetera. Um, things got a little bit tense. Things got a little bit rough. It was long distance is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, hard. And then I started struggling with why um, and et cetera. Um, but then when I came back, everything you know. The piece, and actually it was before that, the pieces started getting put back together, mm. et cetera. But when you're alone, um, when things aren't going well, um, I started to struggle. So like you said, I, I overthought it. Mm -hmm. How long were you doing the long distance thing for? About three years. Mm. Yes. So the time. reason for that was when, we, when I first did it, uh, when I first went there, um, I actually started looking for houses. I, I love to buy houses tear them apart put them back together um mm -hmm. and actually move into them and then sell them and, and do it all over again um i was the family was supposed to come back um, or move to chicago about a year later but it was six weeks after i bought a property that pepsico announced they were buying pepsi americas and they were going to shut down the chicago location mm. so i ended up having to stay in the chicago area and help you know basically shut down um, the IT department for PepsiCo and move everything to Plano. What year was that? Do you remember? Don't um, give a thought about it. 2000 and, well, it had to have been after three. 2004, 2005? Um, I started working for them 18 years ago. Oh, that's too much math. I'm yeah. done. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll work through it. <laughs> and I was going to say, I was there for four years. So, so yeah. So somebody else do the math and let mm -hmm. us know. Okay. That's good. We got engaged. I used to work for a sports marketing company, and Pepsi was our client, and Gatorade. Anyway, we were back and forth to Chicago a lot, so that's what it made, made me think of. Around and I remember, so this is the big Pepsi co-building that came to Plano over there yeah. off of Legacy, mm -hmm. right? Uh, off of Legacy, that's uh -huh. the uh, PepsiCo BIS, or Business Information Services. Okay. That was their four-story building that all of the IT in, well, most of the IT in North America was. They also had a location in... Uh, New York and other locations around the world, but yes. So what about that experience caused some of the, you're saying, kind of dark time or the doubting just or being what away. about it? Was... Just being away. Were, and... your were your wife and you kind of in conflict during that time? It was, yeah, the conflict was I'm not moving. I don't know that I can move. And, you know, understandably, she does, she's an introvert as well, mm -hmm. although she's been up on stage and sings, but she hated it. Mm -hmm. um, but she's an introverted as well. And making new friends and being in new places mm -hmm. and stuff like that is just very, very difficult for mm -hmm. her. Stressful. Uh, so she has her support group here, mm -hmm. um, or at least there in Plano. Um, mm -hmm. And she has all of her friends and et cetera. So it was very stressful, and she, she mm -hmm. did not want to move. So we were struggling through that. 
Um, I needed to make a living. You know, we needed to pay bills. Um, I needed to work. This was a good job. She did not want to move. That caused some problems. Mm. Looking back on it now, what what did you learn? What have y'all learned? Do y'all talk about it or kind of see God in those well, moments? That, that's the that's the big point is talk about it. Um, oh. We would just you know uh, separate um, and not talk about mm. the elephant in the room. Um, so we just needed to talk about it and support each other. And so yeah. when, when you come back, that's, that's what you do because now you see each other. Yeah, that's good. That is. That so is then good. after three years, the pieces got put together. Mm-hmm. So was it doubting your faith at that point or was it more, it was just a dark time it's, and hard? Yeah. Why, why is, why is God allowing this to happen? Mm-hmm. I've, I've been, I've tried to be so good. I've tried to do all these things and why am I struggling right now? Um, so then there was clarity once you were able to put the the family back together in a right. lot of ways. You're and you do then get to look at them and go, it did matter that I could provide for my family though. Mm-hmm. So then you're here um, with your kiddos. Your kiddos start moving out. This time of your life, you're now here working at Frisco first. Like, what is life looking like now for you guys? Like, you have aging parents that you have to take care of. I, I have right. Um, so I have um, my stepmom, my dad live here in Dallas. Um, my stepmom just passed away uh, back in November, mm-hmm. um, and now dad. You know, prior to her passing away, dad went through several um, bypass stints. Um, as soon as he had all four taken care of, we said, "Okay, now it's just warranty." Well, no, <laughs> um, he ended up having to have a pacemaker put in. So, okay, hadn't thought of that one. So now it's mm-hmm. warranty work at this point. Um, and then um, mom passed away um, in November. She was um, not well for quite some time. She had a stroke. She was wheelchair bound. She um, had a lot of trouble communicating and stuff like that. And that was all during the COVID um, process. Mm-hmm. So that was that was difficult because we were always afraid. We were extra careful with her um, and actually with dad and her because if something were to happen to her with COVID and et cetera, she was not able to communicate, you know, how she felt and, and et cetera. So we, we were very careful, um, all through the COVID and probably overly careful. Um, like I said, she passed away and now, now dad is going through, you know, the other things, you know, eye surgeries and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, and your Um, wife has parents. Wife has parents. They live in Kansas. She goes Um, back and forth to see them. She goes back and forth to see mom. Um, Mm -hmm. her dad passed away. Uh, three or four years ago, okay. um, but she goes every opportunity she gets, she goes to see mom, and I I support that. I think that's great. Do you support that because when she's gone, you get to eat any of the food that you want? I <laughs> there have been stories about that. Uh, <laughs> Please say more. What do you like to eat when your wife is gone, Mark Hampton? I do eat besides steak a hundred ounces of coffee. But I I think the funny story was uh-huh. um, for the longest time. I've always said for Thanksgiving, I don't understand why we go through all these big meals and, and you spend so much time in the kitchen and then we sit down and eat it for a week and a half later, you know, and continue to eat the leftovers and et cetera. Why can't we just, you know, I'm just going to sit and watch football. Why can't we just have hot dogs? Why can't we just have chili dogs? I, I don't understand why we have to make all this. Well, last year she actually went to Kansas um, to visit her mom for, for Thanksgiving. So I had chili dogs for Thanksgiving. No, no, it was. No. And you were excited. I was excited. Say yeah. more about the chili dog because it wasn't just a chili. You put things on this chili dog. Didn't well, you? it was it was hot dogs, chili, and queso. And queso. That's what it was. It was this huge oh, plate. Of grated cheese. It's yeah, queso. That's but queso. it's like it looks like there's more chili and yeah. queso there's on this bun. white paper there's a plate. Soggy you bun can, under yeah, there you somewhere. can barely see the white paper plate. You don't see the bun. You see a little bit of the hot dog, but you see whole chili. And he's like. Best Thanksgiving dinner ever. Carolyn said it was a heart attack on a plate. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. But you're drinking a heart attack every day. <laughs> so great. Sorry, I'm still stuck on the. So yes, I do. Coffee. I do that's uh, eat things that mm-hmm. I normally would not eat. Is she a health nut usually? When you guys are, and I say health nut in the nicest way. I mean, does she eat healthy and she and eats healthy? healthy. Um, yeah. she does eat healthy and and tries not to eat any of the know bad for you stuff and that's that's rather frustrating because every time i say i'd like to have that she says do you know how many calories that you know how much fat is in that you know how and she's got it memorized yeah and (laughs) yes she does um so yeah when we go grocery shopping it's it's rather and i've just decided i'm not even going to ask when she goes out of town that i'll do it but i i i I, I support her going out of town she needs to spend as much time as with her mom as she can absolutely okay so best and hardest thing about working here 
Mm. Best thing about working here is I get to do anything I want. <laughs> oh, he's got like nobody looking yeah, over his shoulder. Nobody, nobody micromanages over. Mark because he's so good at his job. Nobody, nobody, nobody does that. I, I have my list. My list is currently about 39 items, but I have my list. And I just cross things off the list. Does and it that, ever go under 20? Probably not. No, no. Yeah. I continue to add stuff. But um, I, I like lists because you, you accomplish stuff. Yeah. And you get to cross it off the list, and you get to go on to the next. So, one. are you one of those that even if you're done with something, you write it on the list so you can cross it off and see that it's done? I write it on the list, and my list is electronic, so I can cross it off. I can see all the things that I've completed. Yeah. Okay, and hardest thing. Hmm. Most challenge challenging thing of working here. Hmm. It's got to be dealing with all of us who have a million things we're throwing at you and don't always give you notice. Like, hey, tonight I need it. a microphone and I need a video. <laughs> and I it's. Need it's not the tonight I need. Those those are easy. I can deal with those. Oh, it's the, that's good to know. Mark, did I tell you I needed a? <laughs> so oh. I've I had a few situations like that where you know we we have the entire event, um, and that's why I have a list, and that's why we have um, software that you schedule all your events and et cetera. So I can all week long I can get ready for that. Yeah. Um, and between the north building and the south building, I can I can carry over stuff whenever I want to. When it's 10 minutes before the event and they said, oh, I'd like to have a pack and a headset instead of um, having that ahead of time. That mm -hmm. gets a little bit frustrating. Um, but, yes. I mean, you, you, I'm here to serve. You so. drink you more coffee. You handle it well. I've got to say, you handle it well. Oh, absolutely. You handle the frustration part well. He pauses before he answers you, though, yeah. when he's frustrated <laughs> with you. He looks at he you. He pauses. He thinks. And then he goes, hmm. And then you just follow just behind him like a little puppy dog. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to get it. I'm so happy. He's, here we go. Here we go. And it is, I mean, I think we know that about ourselves. We try to be, I try to be better, but I mean, there's going to be, I think we all kind of know that we're not always the best. Well, I think we're that. in a better situation. I mean, earlier when I first For started, sure. it was poor Christy here. She'd have these Friday meetings and nothing would ever work. The soundboard oh, would not work. Room 400. The computer would oh, not work. Oh my word. It so was I spent just, so much time yes. trying to figure out oh. what was going wrong with mm -hmm. all the different components. Mm -hmm. And yes. if I can just work on one, I can get that resolved. Uh -huh. So you work on we one. We do have then a the next, very challenging buildings though. Like all of our rooms has have unique challenges. To well, them. but I think they do. But then Mark's come in and streamline For them to sure. where going. They yes. they don't have to be this hard. Like yes. here's a. I love it when he opened. But he had things. to learn all that at the yeah, beginning. He, I, I now bought this. It goes. This goes here, and then this does this. And you're like, oh, just Mark, just tell me if it works. Tell me what yeah, I need to just do. Just give me I the headset. <laughs> Thank you. Just put it on the calendar. I'll get it set up I'll before you get up. there. Uh -huh. and then... mm -hmm. That's what Mark does. He's so great. <laughs> he is so great. He is so great. Well, before we wrap up, we do have a lightning round of questions. Thank you for talking to us. <laughs> mm -hmm. What is the last show that you binged watched and loved? Hmm. We are currently, wife and I, Carolyn and I, are currently watching the Stargate shows. Oh, oh the old ones. That's the old, old ones, yeah. yeah. So we've okay. been doing that quite a bit lately, and we started, I guess, back in COVID, we started watching all those 70s, 80s, and 90s shows. So yeah. Fine. we started going through all of the old Hawaii Five-Os, yeah. um, and then we've kind of moved up. So currently we're on Stargate. What did the little guy say, Mr. Um, from Hawaii Five-O? Is that the same show? Uh, Bookum Dano is the No, the, I'm thinking of something one. else. Okay, never mind. What is something that people often get wrong about you? They think I enjoy actually talking on these kind of events. <laughs> I think just talking in <laughs> period. You don't even have to put events. I don't think Mark enjoys And I have talking. to say that's not something we've gotten wrong about you. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Like if you ask him a question, he may not answer, but if you follow him like a yeah. little puppy dog, he'll lead you to what you've just asked and he won't answer you. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Don't say people that add on things later. Because <laughs> we were talking. I, I live in Denton, Texas. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so biggest pet peeves are people that just don't care about anybody else on the road. Mm. Because um, you have to do that commute, which is a beast. I have to do a 40-minute commute um, yes. in and back. Yes. And just watching how rude people are on the roads. And so it I have to – that's why one of the reasons I drink coffee is I have to get here and relax for a little bit after. Yes. Oh, my Coffee goodness. helps them relax. Did you pick up on that? <laughs> I just figured that meant you had to get up early and get here early, so you had to drink your coffee. That's another one. I actually get here um, at 6 a.m. every Sunday just to get yeah. everything turned on and ready to go. 
goodness. Mm-hmm. That's before yeah. most people are up. Mm-hmm. Um, They're enjoying their Sunday coffee. At mm-hmm. I'm not up at six on Sunday morning. Okay. I used to get up at six to watch Charles Stanley. He's gone now. I'm so sad. He is. He just passed away. Just happy. Mm-hmm. Um, the noisy narrative is about cutting through the noise and getting to the heart of the matter. What is your narrative right now? Fill in the blank. What season are you in? The blank and narrative. Hmm. I have no idea. Um, what I enjoy right now is just just serving and and doing doing what I'm doing. I love the technology. I've I've never. So, so many, many years ago, um, our pastor at my last church says, you know, the difference between um, many Christians, Christians and, and others is um, 18 inches, the difference between your head and your heart. Yes. Um, you really need to, so we're all here to serve and, and to tell about, you know, salvation, the Lord, and et cetera. And I don't do, I don't talk well. Um, so my part is the technology. So mm-hmm. I just really enjoy the technology and being able to serve this way on the other side of the microphone. This is where you feel like you can live out the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have to say, you personally, um, you do that well. My daughter serves with you, Isabella. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's a junior in high school. She's a sweetheart. She loves serving in your ministry. She really cares about you a lot. She has so much respect for you. And for to get that from a teenager is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? They don't always give that easily. But um, she loves being part of your ministry, and a lot, big part of that is you and how mm-hmm. you treat the people who work with you. So you do live that out. You mm-hmm. don't just say it. You actually do demonstrate that. So really I appreciate that. a really great group of people that, um, that do the technology and you know, keep, those, keep everything running. Yeah. Um, really good group of people. And we need more. There you go. Plug. Well, I think you probably plug. Well, yeah, and you mentioned earlier kind of in your story is that people taught you things. And that it sounds like you're doing a good job full, full circle of learning to be like patient and kind mm-hmm. with high schoolers or people that want to serve and they like technology. They think they know it, but when they come here, they don't know it and you've got to train them and help them feel comfortable and confident to do a job right. well. And there's the technology part of it, but then there's the just doing it for the right reason. Yeah. And, and doing it so, together. You yeah. have to work with a group of people. And so we um, we have a thing called Clearcom. So we all wear headsets back there, and mm-hmm. and we we talk about the headsets, but or talk about things on the headset. But whatever's on the headset stays on the headset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bella talks about those conversations too. Yeah. she doesn't tell me what you say, but she says they're a lot of fun. Cute. I can't sit in a real service because my wife elbows me and says, "Shh." <laughs> That's funny. That is so okay, funny. so you are in heaven. You're looking down at your funeral. What do you hope people say about you? You cannot say that you're a good and faithful servant or that you love Jesus. What do you hope people say we're about you? That about you. So now you have to say, what do you want? What else do you want people to say? Gosh, um, that's a good one. I, that I made a difference, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, bringing people to Christ is what we're all here for. And I just hope I, I helped in mm-hmm. that. So um, enhance the services and et cetera, just to be able to bring more people to Christ. Mm. That's great. We do have people now in our church that are here in person because they watched online. And it sounds first. good. Oh, I mean, it sounded horrible yeah. at first. I would agree. It was. We've like, come a long way. Oh, we've come so far. You're the enhancing team. Is that what you like? Idea. Maybe better. You enhance, support make things better. That's what we do is we enhance the service. Things. You make we things better. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate it. And if you have a complaint about worship, yeah, still keep going to mm-hmm. Mike and Mike. Chuck and stuff. Leave David. poor Mark alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll talk to any of them. He may not answer you, but he'll talk to you. He'll let you talk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, that's it from today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Until next week, everybody. Um, this is Noisy Narratives Out. Bye. Life can be amazing.